three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. everybody thank you so much for listening this is the real pineapple and this is your humble host hunter here i've got a review for the latest taika watiti film we've got another uh god it feels like there's a new marvel film every month <laughs> we've uh which i'll get into but we've got a review here for thor love and thunder which is written and directed by taika watiti uh of course you know him from what we did in the shadows uh, uh our flag means death which i haven't watched yet and i need to uh, Jojo Rabbit, which was one of my favorite films that year. Uh, Taika Waititi, if he was on NBA Jam, he would be on fire right now because he is just, he's not missing. I know that Thor Ragnarok, uh, <laughs> controversially, I gave Thor Ragnarok, I think I gave it a B? That sounds right. And I know people, you know, I had a lot of people just like, Hunter, what the hell? And it's like, I know, I know, I know people love Ragnarok, but for me, my big issue with Ragnarok was that I thought it was too goofy, and I thought that for the destruction of Asgard, that there needed to be some more weight uh, to that as far as the darkness of, you know, Thor losing his home. Also, I really do, um, you know, actually, oh my gosh, I just thought of another point, but you know, that's good. Um, but I, I, I thought there should have been more, uh, more of a heavy tone in parts with uh, Asgard being destroyed. Um, in this movie, we go ahead and we get the debut of Gore the God Butcher, played by Christian Bale. You, of course, know Christian Bale from God So Much Crap, uh, you know, Ford v. Ferrari, uh, Nolan's Dark Knight Saga. Um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on other things with uh, The Fighter? Uh, Christian Bale is one of the best we have in the game right now. Uh, American Psycho, of course, that should be the first thing I said. But one thing I love about Christian Bale is that you never feel like he's shortchanging you. He's always bringing it whenever he's in, whenever he's in something. And seeing his gore, um, okay, so you know, let me backtrack just a little bit. One thing about Phase 4 that I found interesting, and, and I understand that Phase 4 is not hitting, uh, for people like, you know, Phase 2 and Phase 3 did. I still am really enjoying Phase 4. My favorite Marvel thing that's not an Avengers film came out, has come out in Phase 4, you know, and that's Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm actually going to do a, a re-review on, on that because I have some stuff I kind of want to deep dive on. But I really, uh, I, I've enjoyed quite a bit of Phase 4. I, um, I really enjoy Black Widow. I know that's a somewhat of a hot take, but I really enjoy Black Widow. Uh, I think Shang, uh, Shang-Chi is fucking excellent. I, I can't remember if I gave that a fan fucking tastic. I think it might have been an A plus I gave it, but I love me some Shang-Chi. I, uh, oh God, what else? Um, WandaVision I really enjoyed. It, it was about three episodes too long, but I enjoyed it. Um, uh, Hawkeye I enjoyed, Moon Knight I enjoyed, and you know, and Loki I enjoyed as well. So, I, I so I haven't I have really enjoyed quite you know most of Phase Four. But something that is making me absolutely that I, I'm absolutely loving about Phase Four is that man, Phase Four feels like it's written by an atheist because 
between how, you know, we view America, you know, as a concept, let alone in some people's way as a God, because, you know, we always say one, you know, one nation under God. And that has a religious tie with America that I think people are way too comfortable with. But that's a whole other conversation for another day. Uh, But between that and the fact that the Celestials, you know, the Eternals, you know, the lie they're told by uh, by the Celestials as far as, you know, their being and why they exist. Uh, the TVA and Loki. Um, oh, God, which, uh, what else am I missing? Uh, you know, the the gods and Moon Knight. Like, some, the people who are writing Phase 4 clearly are not fans of uh, gods in general. And this movie in particular leans even more into that. And I'll get to that. But Gore the God Butcher for me is fascinating because it reminds me so much of the story of Job in the Bible. Now, the story of Job, for those of you who are not familiar with your Bibles, is a story in the Old Testament where uh, God is having a conversation with Satan. And Satan basically goes, "You only he only worships you because you've given him so much. Job was very prosperous, had a wife, had kids, you know, great crops, all that shit. And God basically goes, oh, you know what? I'll show you. I'll go ahead and I'll take everything away from Job and he'll still uh, worship me. And that's exactly what God does. God kills his wife. He kills his, uh, his kids. He, uh, you know, his his uh, crops dry up. He loses all his cattle and all that shit and gets boils on his hands. And I know I'm forgetting parts of the of the story, but that felt so much like Gore for me because Gore has a genuine gripe. He talks about how he loses his daughter um, and how and how he praises God for help and how, you know, his people have been praying to to this God for help and how, you know, you need to help us. We're starving. We're dying. And the God literally spits on him and goes, you're here literally to worship me. That's, that's your only purpose. And again, I, oh God, I, oh, should I say this? Ah, oh, fuck it. When you think about the grossness of religion in that aspect of a God acting like that, that's a really uncomfortable thing that I think to be quite frank, because there have been people who are just hating on this movie completely unfairly, by the way. But I think that's the same case with Eternals. I said the same thing in that review. I think the concept that as a country and that um, some critics are being questioned, perhaps on their religion inadvertently through Marvel films, I think that's actually really pissing some people off. Uh, I completely understand that some people will just say, you know, this is like the 20, oh God, I think it's the 27th Marvel film. It's insane that we've had this many. I know some people will just, you know, wave their hand and go, this is, you know, superhero fatigue. Okay, you know, you can wave your hand and, and, and say it like that, but I really do believe that there's an, uh, a component of people's religion being challenged that people just aren't comfortable with. But I also think that's a conversation people don't want to have. And that's one reason I find Gore the God Butcher so fascinating, because when he's talking, uh, there's a point he's talking to King uh, Valkyrie, played by the absolutely gorgeous, talented, badass to, uh, Tessa Thompson when he has her tied up and he's telling her that, you know, you lost your, you know, you lost your people. You're the last Valkyrie because the gods weren't there to, you know, to help you. And the way that you see Valkyrie's face and you just see this tear from her fall from her face, like there's more truth to what Gore is saying than these heroes, I think are even going to realize in the moment. And I find that so incredibly fascinating. Um, 
of course, last time we saw Chris Hemsworth, uh, uh, that beautiful man, last time we saw his store, he was with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And the Guardians open up the film. Of course, Karen Karen Gillan, my future ex-wife, uh, Chris Pratt, uh, Batista, uh, Palm uh, Clem, uh, Clementef, uh, Sean Gunn is uh, now uh, Kraglin. He's got the uh, Yondu whistle, which I thought was cool. Uh, Bradley Cooper's rocket. And then, of course, uh, Vin Vin Diesel's uh, Groot. I I was happy to see the Guardians to start off the movie. They're in the movie for about as long as I said they would be in the first trailer breakdown. They were in the movie for about 10 minutes. And I've seen some people go, I wanted more Guardians. I'm sorry, y'all. This isn't this isn't a Guardians movie. And this movie has plenty more to balance than to worry about having, you know, the Guardians in it for more. But Star-Lord, basically, you see it in the trailer, tells them, you know, tells Thor that, you know, I know you're you're feeling lost. I know you've lost a lot of shit. You know, you need to look to those people, you know, who love you and that will, you know, and everything will be okay. And that is one of the components to this movie is that it is very much about love uh, in a way that for me, uh, Thor The Dark World suffers from that because, because in my opinion, the biggest issue with Thor The Dark World is that uh, Thor and Jane's uh, relationship just feels completely like it doesn't evolve at all and it's really quite frustrating and I was mad that they dropped that thread because Natalie Portman of course playing uh coming back as Jane Foster she's such an incredible actress I Natalie Portman I think Natalie Portman falls in that Scarlett Johansson uh line in the sense of I think Scarlett Johansson's been such a great actress for so long we really do take her for granted Natalie Portman has been great since she was like 12 it's it, it's kind of insane how long Natalie Portman has been uh great at this you know V for Vendetta Leon the Professional Closer which no one brings up closer and they should. Uh, Black Swan, fucking rules. Uh, Annihilation, fucking love. Uh, was it Vox Lux with the, uh, with the Jude Law if she plays the pop star? I dig the hell out of that too. She's an incredible fucking actress. Uh, even something like No Strings Attached, she's good in. Um, yeah, Natalie Portman freaking rules and bringing her back as Jane Foster. Uh, this movie does draw from, uh, you know, before I get too deep into much deeper into this uh i will point out when i'm gonna be getting more into spoiler heavy territory so i will i will warn y'all so just just be aware i'm gonna kind of dance around stuff uh until then but they draw very heavily from jason aaron's uh 2013 run of Thor where we go ahead and we have Jane Foster back in the fold but she gets a stage four uh, cancer diagnosis and the way in particular they play that out to start the film it just breaks your heart because you look at someone like Jane Foster and, and I and I, I I'm bouncing around here I understand but one reason and I and I've had people kind of ask me do you think that Gore and Jane like having both their stories going on at the same time do you think that hurts the film and actually I don't think this film works if you don't have both their stories going at the same time and and here's why uh Thor uh, or not Thor uh, but Gore he uh he feels like he's been wronged by the gods he has been wronged by the gods and and then Jane being this incredibly respected, important woman in science, their stories mirror each other in such a cruel twist of fate sort of way. So, you know, we um, something that they establish in the film is that the more uh, Jane becomes the mighty Thor, the more she actually goes ahead and her cancer gets worse. And so it's a really interesting dynamic between Gore on this mission to kill all the gods versus Jane and, you know, her struggle to find some, you know, 
to 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 true to be the best version of herself but to also go ahead and find a cure but at the same time being drawn by what drew her as a scientist you know to go ahead and be uh to be this beacon for people to go ahead and help people it's a it's a very fascinating um parallel between the two and that is its own great story of it itself because as i mentioned earlier uh, the gods are just such assholes <laughs> the way they've been portrayed in phase four and one scenes it's in the trailer so i can talk about it there's a point where they go to a uh omnipotent city so basically they go there to go ahead and warn the gods because that's the basically the home base of all the gods like Zeus and others. They go ahead and go there to let them know that Gore is coming and that they need to go ahead and stop him. And Zeus, of course, played by Russell Crowe, which is something I didn't know that I needed, but I'm so happy that I have <laughs> because it it uh it's it's like the perfect blend of the nice guys Russell Crowe, like like I think fat Russell Crowe is the best Russell Crowe. I, I love me fat Russell Crowe. Uh, I, I love Nice Guy so much. But but it's that beautiful com uh, combination of Nice Guy Russell Crowe, a little bit of uh, Jekyll, uh, Dr. Jekyll from that terrible Mummy movie, it's a little bit of his campiness, and then um, like the thespian uh, Russell Crowe. Because he's, he's being very goofy about it, but he's playing it seriously. And I, I know it's such a weird sentence, but he has this real spite in his performance when Thor, uh, when Thor goes ahead and tells him that, oh, you're all just a bunch of fucking fools and cowards because when he tells them that Gore is coming, <laughs> Zeus's whole uh, response is, oh yeah, it's not a problem. Just like Asgardian problems are Asgardian problems, which they don't come right out and say it, but it does become, you know, you can read in that line that Zeus and the gods were clearly aware that Hela was there to destroy Asgard, and they went, yeah, we don't need to help. Which is really fucked up when you think about it. And that's something I haven't really seen anyone bring up in reviews, but something I went, ugh, that's really fucking gross. As I mentioned earlier in the review, the big theme of the film really is love. And what I appreciate about uh, the way they go ahead and portray Thor and Jane's relationship at points through flashback by Taika, uh, Taika Waititi's Korg, who I think does a great job here of narrating, very very heavily inspired by Mad Max Beyond uh, Thunderdome, the way it's done. But I really like the way that they show that Thor being an Avenger and, you know, they're always being, you know, a threat. Um, that he was spending less time with Jane and Jane was doing her research and going ahead and, you know, helping all these other labs and everything out. And the fact of the matter is they just lost contact of, of each other because they were both so busy and they just really just naturally kind of grew apart. And it was actually really sad to, to, to watch. And so you see it in the trailer, there's that shot of Thor and Jane kind of teasing like they're about to hold hands. And that's actually one of my favorite shots, not just in the MCU, but in the film period. I absolutely love that whole sequence. Um, Actually, you know what? I'm going to do a separate review I just thought about. I'm going to do a separate review for spoilers. So I'm going to kind of wrap this up here in a second. But um, a few things that I really absolutely loved. I love the score here. Uh, the music is very 80s metal, uh, very, you know, very metal, very rock. Uh, several Guns N' Roses songs are used uh, used here. Uh, there is a uh, there is a sequence near the end of the song where November Rain is used that I thought was so fucking fun and so much fun and just just a blast i love that sequence but uh i would say this is the most taika with tedious 
This is the most Taika Waititi's ever Waititi'd. <laughs> wow. This is the most Taika Waititi has ever Waititi'd. Like, it is a unapologetically Taika Waititi film. So if you're not a fan of Taika Waititi, I don't think this will be a film that, you know, uh, converts you into being a fan of his. But as someone who just is a fan of his humor and a fan of what he's done with the character, I dig this. I dig this so much. And one thing that I don't think we can really... Uh, deny is the fact that Taika Waititi talked about the fact and has talked about in interviews how he felt like Chris Hemsworth's you know comedic chops really weren't being utilized and Chris Hemsworth Chris Hemsworth is a really funny guy um I know the film didn't get great reviews but that Ghostbusters reboot uh he's the funniest thing in that movie he's absolutely hilarious and then uh in that horrible vacation remake he's by far the funniest actor uh, in that, and that's a movie that has Ed Helms and Christina Applegate, and he steals the show. Uh, Hemsworth has always been a very underrated comedian, and you know, just watch him on Graham Norton, just watch him on talk shows. He's a very naturally charming guy, and you do get to see not just the comedic part of him having to deal with his ex being the mighty Thor and wielding Mjolnir. You do see it in the trailers, how, you know, he's kind of like, like, come here, come, come back to me. And then Stormbreaker cuts in and it's, 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 it's a very, it's very funny. The whole like, Oh, there's my ex. Oh no, I still, no, I love you. They're, they're in the past. I, I really like the way that joke, uh, that's a running joke throughout the film that I think it's done really well. But, um, as far as, you know, actually, no, never mind. I will save that for the, for the spoiler review. I really enjoy this and I understand that there are people who are just not gonna like this movie but the the hype the hyperbole is really what's bothering me about this because there are people saying this is the worst film of the year and i'm sorry morbius has come out this year 365 days 2 has come out this year uncharted's come out this year elvis has come out this year uh yeah this isn't even close tall girl 2 has come out this year this is not the worst if this is the worst movie you've seen this year i truly envy you because you've seen fucking nothing this year if you think that's the worst if you think that's uh the, that thor 11 thunder is the worst film that's come out that's fucking absurd so yeah i i really don't get why you wouldn't at least like this movie but i it's it's not for everyone and i'm just kind of at that point where i shrug and go all right you know that's that's fine you can be wrong um <laughs> i saw this in imax with my partner and i will say seeing the full uh to quote taika hymns worth uh yeah you actually see chris Hemsworth, but he's got a Got a little bubble butt on him. Uh, should be friends with SpongeBob. That's how much of a bubble it is. But, <laughs> but, uh, I give Chris Hemsworth credit because doing nudity, I'm always like, damn, that's that's a thing, and and people do it. I can do that shit. So, bravo. I, I give I give him props for that. But uh, this is just I don't know. This is a this is a lot of fun. I really like what pieces are set up in the post in the mid credits. Again, I'll talk about that then spoiler review. But this is a movie that for me, I love the biblical aspects that they take. I love the critique of the gods in this movie. I love the third act. Um, you see it in the trailer when they go to the shadow realm. That's just a excuse for Taika to go ahead and shoot something in black and white. So there's like a good 10 minute sequence where it's all black and white. And it's just, it's beautifully shot. And it's some of my favorite stuff in the MCU that they've ever done. My biggest complaint about this is that uh, some of the jokes didn't hit for me. Maybe six or seven jokes didn't hit. And uh, I could have used some more gore, the, uh, more gore, the, uh, 
Gore the God Butcher. Good grief. I could have used a little more gore. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but outside of that, I enjoyed this so much. I love the way they use Korg. I love where they leave Count, uh, King Valkyrie. I, I love where, where her arc is uh, potentially going. Um, I'm so happy Natalie Portman came back. I, I'm so excited. I'm so happy we, we're getting more of her. Um, she's an incredible actress and she's an asset that really wasn't utilized well in Thor the Dark World. And it's so cool to see her get her shine and really feel worthy of being the mighty Thor. It, it, it's really awesome. And props to Portman for getting an insane shape to play Thor. We got to give her more credit. I mean, you look at some like Black Swan, the shape she was in, doing all the dancing and all that. Like, Nellie Portman pushes her body. Like, I, I, we really do undervalue her, but loved her in this. This is Hemsworth's, for me, his second best performance at Thor. That's one reason why I wouldn't put this over Multiverse of Madness, because Multiverse of Madness, I think uh, Cumberbatch's turn as Stephen Strange is his best in the MCU. I don't feel like way about Hemsworth. I still think Infinity War and Endgame are probably his two, uh, are one and two above this. But this is an incredible performance, and it's probably, it's, ah, no, it's not his most varied. I'd say, still say it's Endgame. But Hemsworth gives a great performance here, but it's not his best performance here. So, yeah, I'm gonna give this a solid A. It's a, it's a great flick, and I had so much fun with it, and I might go see this again in theaters. I saw this in, uh, just in IMAX uh, opening night, which was awesome, but I might go see this in real 3D. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun with this, so yeah, solid A for Thor Love and Thunder, but uh, I will do a spoiler review and talk about where I think we're heading with uh, after Love and Thunder here. I'll talk about that this weekend, because uh, I'm going to review Miss Marvel, because I'm really excited to about Miss Marvel, but I'm going to go ahead and review that as well. So this upcoming week, we'll have reviews for Miss Marvel as well as a spoiler review for Thor Love and Thunder. Like I said, I'll let y'all know where I think the story is heading and what it could potentially set up for the bigger uh, MCU at large. But you can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at nearmanthefirst. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, SoundCloud, Apple Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, a uh, Samsung podcast at The Real Pineapple. You can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow yours truly also on Letterboxd at Black Shazam. And you can follow me on TikTok at Black Shazam 775 and like both our Facebook pages at The Real Pineapple. That's R-E-E-L Pineapple as well as Real Pineapple Games. But everyone, thank you so much for listening. Please stay safe out there. Enjoy the summer. Enjoy the sun, uh, the sunshine. Give someone a hug. Tell them they should love them. And uh, again, thank you for the support. And we'll talk to you soon.